essential business. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Welcome back to more teeny sods. Even more teeny sods. There's no end in sight for the teeny sods. No, unfortunately, no end in sight. But we're wearing ears this week again, so you know what that means. Still Disney week. It's still Disney week. And you might say to us, but Allie, Sam, it's more than seven days. It's that doesn't make any sense. Well, there's no such thing as linear time anymore. No, time is a flat. Given that up. Time is not an essential business. No. It's really not. Neither is wearing pants or going outside. So you know what? We're we had more ideas for uh Disney themes for teeny sods and we wanted to do them. Also yeah. shout out Annie Cardi, I think had the idea to do best Disney sidekicks. So oh. shout out to her. Shout out um for the good idea. But that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna do Disney sidekicks and then we're gonna do one other one next not next week, next episode. So we're not done yet, motherfuckers. Let's do it. Five week. Two weeks of Disney. Disney Super Week, which is just, it's just two weeks. Oh, Disney Fortnite. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Disney Fortnite. I love that. That could also be a new um, Fortnite that all the kids would love. It would have a bunch of, like, Disney dances, and I guess you'd it's shoot, just, like... Um, is that not Kingdom Hearts? Is that not what that is? No, that is basically... <laughs> they already did it. Every time um, I'm in quarantine, I get a step closer to buying the entire Kingdom Hearts trilogy on PS4. I thought you had it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I played it on PS2. Uh, so we're a couple PSs later, and it's only $30. So more and more, I'm like, I should own these. I need them, obviously. That happened when one year I was flush with cash, and I wanted to be, like, the best girlfriend in the world and get, my, get Chris a gaming console for Christmas. And I fully was like, it's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10. Like, I figured it'd be like 200 bucks. Oh, but then I got in there. And I was like, well, I also like, I walked into GameStop like a, like a full grandma. Like, I don't know the difference between like, does it come with the games on it? Or like, do you have to buy the, um, the remote controls separately? Like, I didn't know anything. And I was like, I've heard something with like a PS, but I don't know which is the newest one. And like the guy who worked at GameStop, bless his, bless his heart. He was very kind about it. And he was like, I'm going to take you through all the stuff and you can get this game, but you don't have to get it new. You can get it used if you want to. <clears throat> but all I remember was just like feeling like a full idiot. Cause I was like, why are there so many different ones? Isn't it just like, like a DVD player? Like it plays DVDs or it doesn't. I wish. Why is, whatever. I know I sound like a hundred right now, but I just don't understand. Um, though, and I don't play video games, but I would play, all of the youngins are talking about Animal Crossing. That sounds fun to me. It are is you playing fun. that? I haven't played it, um, but I've heard a lot about it. And it's really similar to a game I do occasionally play called Stardew Valley, uh, which you can buy on computer if you want to play that. Right. But it looks cute as hell. And all, yeah, all of our friends who are playing it are obsessed with it. Because it seems mostly about um, neighborship. Yeah, it's mostly about, like, farming and interior design. Oh, yeah. See, I'm fine with that. But, like, my brother would play, like, Halo in our living room. And I would watch that and I would be like, I don't need to be, like, 
that, but like this doesn't seem fun. <laughs> like this doesn't seem fun at all. Um, there are definitely, I mean, there are some games that are like a very long movie to watch. Like they're just like the stories are amazing. You're totally involved. I'm sure that's true. And like a gaming is an art form. It's just yeah. not that I've ever. But I mean, hey, if people out there have like ideas for how I can kind of like ease myself into it and like experience new things with gaming, I'm into it. Nice. But there are, the warning is there are some games that it's like just a slog to listen to anyone play and or to play yourself. Like, it's just like, now it's time to kill eight people. And then you, and it's like, today we're killing 10 people. Well, sometimes like I would walk in on my brother playing a game and it's like, okay, you're killing a sex worker with a knife. Yeah. You're 13, right? <laughs> like, like, why, why, why? But why? That's not why we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Disney, which is so far away from killing women with knives. Um, most, most of the time, at the very least. Um, and today we're talking about Disney sidekicks. Yes, Allie, who are you putting forth as the best Disney sidekick? Okay, I know I keep doing this, but I was caught between two. I couldn't choose, but I did end up choosing. And so basically I was caught between Mushu and the genie. Two great ones. And I think I came to the conclusion that like, like when we were doing the sexiest president episode, like there's only one answer to sexiest president and it's Barack Obama. Like that's the answer. So it's not really fair. Like it's not really a conversation for me to just sit here and tell you about how great the genie is. Like, the genie is the best Disney sidekick and one of the best Disney characters, like, in history, I think. Iconic. That's just a fact. I think that that's just true. <clears throat> I'm saying it's true. So, I'm going to take him out of the running. Robin Williams is amazing. It's, like, the best Disney performance ever, voice performance ever. Um, but I'm going to sing today the praises of Eddie Murphy as Mushu in Mulan fabulous film um and we already talked about Milan because she was your princess she was my top princess so I'm thrilled to hear about uh Mushu Mulan I haven't watched Mulan in a really long time and I think that that should be like our next dinner in a zoomie um that we do but it really does it really holds up um so I think the reason why I love Mushu so much is because he is hashtag relatable the whole time and he's like kind of shitty he's kind of like the Eleanor Shellstrop of the Disney canon like he's kind of shitty at the beginning he's out for he's a little fuck you got mine like out for himself but likable through the whole situation like even when he's being kind of not a great person dragon he's a dragon <laughs> if you haven't seen the film he's a tiny dragon I shouldn't have to explain that to you what are you doing here um uh but, like, even when he's not really doing the right thing, he's still likable, and he really grows into his personality. Or, no, he doesn't grow into his personality. His personality is amazing the whole time, but he grows into, like, his moral backbone, and that's really beautiful. Um, and Mulan is very much, like, a beacon of, like, just good-natured human humanity for him to aspire to. I think that's also really beautiful, especially the dynamic between a girl and a boy, man and a woman, in a Disney film. So that's fun. Um, so I'm just going to go down kind of what I think is like his character arc a little bit. 
So at first he's told, again, you should just go watch Mulan, but like for those of you who haven't, what are you doing? You have so much time in your hands, I'm assuming. Um, he's told to go wake up the spirit, the stone, the stone dragon, dragon, who will bring Mulan home. And he's like, why does no one trust me to go get her and bring her home? I'm not gonna wake up the stone dragon. I'm gonna pretend to do that and then I'm gonna go get her. But here's the thing, I'm not gonna bring her home. I'm gonna make her a war hero. So double jeopardy. The bold plan. Yes, it's very bold and very self-serving. What are you gonna do? So like to me, that is a basis for a char- character is very like the just combination of impulsivity and self like overconfidence is legendary to me. That's iconic. I love that. Um, and I think he's pretty good at like motivating her through the whole thing. Um, like he's a good, like he's like just got a good hype man, hype dragon. Um, and that's fun to watch, even though he does considerably endanger her life at several points. Yes. He has some of the best sidekick one-liners, I think, again, other than Jeannie, such as dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. Let's go kick some honey buns. <laughs> it's great. Like he's just, He's a delight the whole time through. And so, spoilers for Mulan. I can't even, just don't, just go watch it before you watch, listen to me talk about this. Um, Spoilers for Mulan. Watch Mulan after I talked about what a good princess she is. Like, come on. Exactly. They eventually find out she's a lady in the army and they leave her and um, they're like, why did you do that? And she's at her lowest point, and Mushu recognizes all she's put in to this, you know, facade, and all she's put on the line for the people that she loves. And he basically, like, takes that and uses that to reflect in himself, and he comes clean to her about how he's basically just been helping her to help himself and to give him a leg up. But then she's, he kind of basically implies that through watching her, like, she's become his hero, and she's become his, like, mentor in a way, because she risked herself for other people, mm. and he was only risking, you know, danger for his himself, and he vows to stick by her no matter what. This is a learning moment. We love it, and then when push comes to shove, like, he is there for her the whole time, and she's like, oh, Shen Yun is, like, Shen Yun is, like, coming, and I said Shen Yun. We already talked about that. That's not what I'm talking about. Shen Yu, the antagonist, he's like going to he's going to the capital to kill the emperor. And he's like, let's fuck it up. We're going and we're gonna. And he lights the um the firework that ultimately murders the antagonist. Hell yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. So I love that. I love that character arc. I love him learning from a female protagonist and bettering himself by her image, similar to in The Princess and the Frog. I Amazing performance by Eddie Murphy. He slays it the whole time. Yes. And I think he's just one of the best. Absolutely one of the best. Right up there. Should be everyone's favorite. Some quick fun facts. You have, we have time for a fun fact. Yes. Um, so Mushu was originally supposed to be voiced by, I cannot believe this, he was supposed to be originally voiced by Joe Pesci, which is so wrong. Like, yeah. maybe it's just because, like, I think of Eddie Murphy as Mushu, but even if I didn't, that would still be wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, 
at some point they realized that was a stupid idea. Other actors who were considered for Mushu included Steve Martin, Sinbad, Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, and Drew Carey. A couple of those I'm like, I could see it. Eddie Murphy's the best choice. Eddie Murphy's absolutely the best choice. It almost makes up for what he did to the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> but but it, in the end, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> you can never forgive him for that. No, I will not. Um, Mushu also originally had a song in the movie because he doesn't have a song. Yeah, that's true. Um, but once Eddie Murphy was cast, I think the character, like the character was very different mm-hmm. before Eddie Murphy kind of took it on and put his own spin on it. Um, and then the character changed so much that the song didn't make sense anymore. But apparently it was like a such a great song that the filmmakers were like devastated to cut it. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I want to find it. I'll try to find it. <laughs> Shocked it hasn't made an appearance somewhere on the internet. I would think it would. I mean, they have all that, um, what's it called? Kingdom of the Sun stuff from yes. New Groove. They have a whole documentary on that that I loved. But that's like the opposite. Like, I'm glad they did what they did yeah. and made Ember of the Ember's New Groove funny rather than like serious. Yeah. Um, and then the last one was that Eddie Murphy supposed to reprise his role for Mulan 2, but he couldn't because of a clause in his Shrek 2 contract. <laughs> and as much as I love Mulan 2, it is not as good as Shrek 2, which I think is the bre- best Shrek movie. I hot know you take. think that, yes. That's a hot take. Everyone says that that's wrong. Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. That's it. Okay. The end. I so, have trouble differentiating the Shrek sequels. I never remember what happened in 2 versus 3. One of them has Lord Farquaad. That's the first one. No, and- I remember one. But then once you get to the sequels, I have a lot of trouble differentiating. Who was the fairy godmother and Prince Charming? Okay, okay. And then three is the one with Justin Timberlake. Yes, I think so. I don't even care about three. But two is the one with the fairy godmother who is so, so great. That's true. She is And the mom and the dad and one's Julie Andrews. The mom is Julie Andrews. Absolutely great. And it has Hot Shrek in it. Hot Shrek. What more do you want? What more do people want? Fair enough. I don't understand this. <laughs> but getting back to movies. Is, um, Sam, who's your favorite Disney sidekick? Oh my goodness. Best Disney sidekick to you. I've got a two for one special for you today, folks. Ooh. In my opinion, the best Disney sidekicks are Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Oh, classic. Feels like an obvious choice. They are the best. They are my boys. Um, let me elaborate for you a little bit uh, on why. Number one, the importance of found family. So, like in the movie, they're kind of framed as just like stoner bros of St- of Simba. Uh, but if you think about it, they meet Simba when he is a cub, and he lives with them until he is a full adult lion. So they raised him <laughs> like they were two adults, adult men living together in love and then this little lion cub comes to them like on the verge of death devastated from the loss of his father and they take him in and they help him deal with his trauma in the best way they know how maybe not the best way because he's running from his problems but like in the best way they know how and they raise him to a full-grown lion they did that they did do that and like i can't imagine like raising a lion when you're like a warthog or like a meerkat like that must have been very challenging he must have been like i need to learn how to hunt and fucking timon would have been like 
all right, here we go. <laughs> like, how do we do this? Maybe just like a call to adoptive parents everywhere. Like you're not going to know everything about your child or what they face, but you just have to be there for them and help them address their anxiety at the source. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. That's the other, that's a great, their number Hakuna Matata, it means no worries. What an iconic song. What legends. I mean, pretty iconic. Yeah. Their intro to Can You Feel the Love Tonight, arguably more iconic. (laughs) Yes. He's like, I can see what's happening. And they don't have a clue. And then at the end, they cry because they love him. And he's their little boy. And he's in love. And he's going to leave them. And, like, they're so sad that he's leaving the nest. Big Hercules and his adoptive parents energy as well. But even more, because they stay connected with him throughout his hero's journey. That's the other thing about Timon They are ride or die. They go into that hyena cave for him. You know what I mean? They're fighting off lions. Timon does a dance in a hula skirt, and Pumbaa's got an apple in his mouth. Like, they are ready to die for Simba. For their boy. Their son. For their son. I don't think we give them enough credit that they raised this man. This yeah. lion. Um, And then they are also, um, I think, some of the only uh, sidekicks iconic enough to get a very good spinoff movie, The Lion King One and a Half, which is good. <laughs> Which is just Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. For yes. those familiar with that Tom Stoppard play. <laughs> so funny. Liking One and a Half is genuinely so funny. Did, it did, is very good. I saw it so long ago. But I'm sure it's on Disney Plus, so we're due for a rewatch. We can watch it. It's genuinely very funny. And it is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Or that, like, in the, it shows, like, kind of their perspective on a lot of events. But it also goes into their backstories, like, why Pumbaa is so alienated from a younger warthogs, Timon's whole meerkat family, and their way of life. Like, these are fully fleshed out characters. Well, I think it is, like, the mark of a good sidekick that, like, the second you learn their whole deal, you're like, I need more. Like, I need more information. Like, when the genie comes out and he's just like, oh, like, I can't believe it's been a thousand years. I'm like, I want to know the last thing you did. Like, I want to know your whole deal. Absolutely. And he's genie of the lamp. I'm so sad Robin Williams is dead. I know. It's a it's an eternal bummer. It really is. But we still have Nathan Lane, who is <laughs> he's alive. The and guy who I don't remember who voiced <coughs> Me either. But we've got Timon. <laughs> we'll always have Timon. Um, and I don't have a ton more to say, except I think those are some important qualities of a Disney sidekick is if you can get them a banger iconic song, do. They have to be ride or die. And they have to show the importance of like, like Timon and Pumbaa are such an integral part of Simba's journey from like scared little lion cub to the new king of the pack. And I think that like their, them going on that journey with him is why he can accomplish it, which again is a very important mark of a sidekick and something that I think Mushu does as well. But that's my feeling. I have a lot of feeling about these two guys and their adopted lion's son. It's beautiful. It really is. It's you great can't... non-toxic male friendship also. Yes. Families come in all shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I absolutely think so. I think it's like, I love... I just love good friendship narratives. Yes, we need that. Wherever you can find them. Yes. And that's a really wholesome friendship narrative. It really is. Because it's so important that... Ride or die with each other, too, which is beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing is, like, you don't really need, as a 
five-year-old to see, I mean, like, I guess it's important to see good romantic relationships modeled from an early age so that you can start to kind of grow to appreciate what you want out of a romantic partner down the line. But most of what you want out of a romantic partner down the line is what you want from a good friend. And that's easier, I think, for a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a 10-year-old to connect with. Like, you don't necessarily need to get into the intricacies of like what builds a good partner, but you want to really have a good solid foundation for yourself of what a good friendship looks like, because that's where everything comes from. That's that self like mutual respect and loyalty and trust and all that kind of good stuff. Um, And sometimes the stories focus too much on the romantic part of it, which like kind of who cares? Like, yeah that's not most of my life has been spent with my friends you know what I mean absolutely I'm glad for that most of our lives we spent podcasting with each other exactly and that's kind of like what you should spend your younghood doing and you can get married later yeah there's always time later so more interested in that that's why I like Moana so much yeah. Moana's got some killer friendships. Moana's amazing. Ah, it's a great movie. But so is Lion King. So is Mulan, man. Moana doesn't really have a sidekick besides, um, she's got the chicken. Yes, who I love. Who's more just a, tr- a, a burden. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> He's just like a, a constant burden. He brings them nothing but pain. And, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not her sidekick. He's like the other protagonist. Yeah. But, and then Pua! Who's the little pig? So oh, good. he's so cute. I think that's the cutest sidekick. He what? gets on the island. He doesn't get to go on the journey. I know. He doesn't really get to be part of it. But he's just a sweet little guy. Sweet little piggy. Pua. We love it. We yeah, it's right. It's like in Lilo and Stitch, like, it's not like either of them are a sidekick. Yeah. So. But it's an important role to fill. And we're glad yeah. these folks were here to fill it. Well, you are... The Timon to my Pumbaa, the Mulan to my Mushu. I can be cricky. I do. You could be cricky, <laughs> I think. I also think that our relationship is not dissimilar to Mulan and Mushu. Because, like, when we talk about, like, you're like, oh, I have to have this really difficult conversation with my, you know, coworker, my family member, and I'm just there, like, all right, it's time to fuck them up. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you're like, I don't know if I should do this. And I'm like, you really should. Um, I like to think that I'm that sort of presence. I, yes, you definitely are. The the hype man that Eddie Murphy wanted us to be. Uh, if only we could hype each other up as much as he hypes up Mulan. It's, yeah. I think we can all do that for ourselves. Be, be your own Mushu. Yes, that's beautiful. That's what I'll say. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's poetry. All right. <sighs> well... Everyone, we'll have another Disney episode for you. Um, in the I forget if this is coming out on Monday or Thursday, but we're going to have another episode for you. And until we see you next, please be well. Be well. Bye, guys.